Welcome to Sunday Sermons from the Williamsburg Community Chapel, brought to you by the Chapel Podcast Network. Let's grab our Bibles. We're going to be in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 32. And I'll read the last two verses for us now as we prepare to hear from Dale South, who continues in our summer series, The Lord Tests. And Hezekiah prospered in all his works. And so in the matter of the envoys of the princes of Babylon, who had been sent to him to inquire about the sign that had been done in the land, God left him to himself in order to test him and to know all that was in his heart. As we dig into our sermon passage this this morning, I I believe that we will come to see and agree that, that life is actually a constant series of tests, just, just one after the other. But as followers of Jesus, we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, and we, we have this knowledge of the gospel behind us, of what has transpired with the good news of Jesus Christ. And as we, we look at some of these trials and tests through the lens of the gospel, the, the way we view life changes. And the gospel changes everything about the way we view life. And if life itself is a series of one test after another test, then the gospel must also change the way we view testing in our lives. So ever since the serpent tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden with, with this accusation that God can't be trusted, that was actually the temptation, right? Did he really say, can you really trust him? And ever since that time, sin has corrupted our ability to trust in God. It's like our trust button is broken. And Jesus, I think, helps us to see that the root of every sin is ultimately a lack of trust in God. Jesus did not come simply to forgive us of our sins. Uh, I believe Jesus came to restore our trust in God by modeling for us what that looks like and then by giving us the word and the spirit to reside in us so that we would have the strength and the power to to actually start to practice that kind of a trust as Jesus did. Uh, But here's the catch to me, and that is if, if we do not view our test through the light and the lens of the gospel, we will likely end up discouraged There's a good chance we'll be fearful. We we may even slide into bitterness when things are going badly. And that's just one side of the equation because when things start to go really good for us, there's also the, the temptation that we might slip into pridefulness. Without the gospel, test may actually lead us to trust God less rather than more. So this morning, I, I want to make sure that we're trying to view the testing that, that we, comes our way from God through the lens of the gospel. The, the Hebrew word translated to test at times can also be translated to train. Those of you who are athletes and swimmers and runners, you understand that when you're testing your body to the limits, you're actually training yourself for a better performance. And in our series... We've repeated the, the, the sort of a framework here that testing refines us, testing reforms us, and testing reveals truth from God to us. Now, I've seen kind of an overarching idea there for me that helps me to remember this, and that is that, that God trains us to trust him through testing. You want to say that with me? 
God trains us to trust him through testing. Now, the, the Lord trained Hezekiah through testing. And in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, when we're reading the author writing about Jesus, he says that although Jesus was the very Son of God, God in human flesh, that, that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. Now, Jesus was never disobedient. It wasn't like he had to learn a lesson from messing up and then doing, doing it the right way the next time. Uh, but Jesus was tested like no other human being has ever been tested. And, and he experientially learned the cost of obedient trust in God through the test that he endured. Now, looking at King Hezekiah's life in the Bible, we, we see that his life was one test after another. If we go back to verse 1 of chapter 32, it says, After these acts of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah. So Hezekiah was the king of Judah, and, and we read in previous chapters about his acts of faithfulness, and they included restoring temple worship, removing idols, uh, constructing some great engineering projects. He, he did a lot of things, and he did them well through all the tests that came to him. And Sennacherib now, though, was this king of Assyria, which was one of the most powerful empires on the planet at the time. So after Hezekiah's acts of faithfulness, that we just read about in verse 1 of chapter 32, you, know, you might think the guy would deserve a rest. Uh, he, he just could have a little break, but instead of a vacation... Instead of a reward for passing the test with all these acts of faithfulness, he is invaded by a strong, ruthless military force. Test upon test. Now, Sennacherib, the Assyrian powerful king, came and he mocked the Lord God. He tried to persuade and intimidate the Israelites to just surrender. He declared, there's been no God of any nation or kingdom that has been able to save his people from my hand or from the hand of my ancestors. How much less will your God save you out of my hand? God had already said he was going to save them out of his hand. And he's again mocking like the serpent did for Adam and Eve in the garden. And in verse 19, we read the Assyrians spoke of the God of Jerusalem as if he were one of the gods of the peoples of the earth, which are the work of human hands. See, the, the Lord had a big surprise in store for Sennacherib and the Assyrians. And that is that the Lord God of the Israelites was not like the gods of any of the other nations that he had already conquered. He was not the work of human hands. On the contrary, the God of Hezekiah, the God of Jerusalem, the God of Judah, the God of Israel, he was the one who made human beings. They were the work of his hands. Now, if we believe in a God, but we don't believe that we are the work of his hands, and if we don't believe that we are here for his purposes rather than for our purposes, the end result is going to be that we will inevitably create a God that is the work of our own hands, the work of our imaginations, the work of our desires. And, and we're going to have problems when he doesn't suit our purposes. Second Chronicles 32.21 says, And the Lord then sent an angel 
who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers of the camp of the king of Assyria. There, there was the surprise for Sennacherib. The words cut off literally mean destroyed. Now, if you want to go deeper into this passage and learn a little more, back in 2 Kings, there's a parallel passage that goes chapter 18, 19, and 20, and it fills in some of the, the details here of that. And in chapter 19 of 2 Kings, verses 35 and 36, we read a parallel account that says, And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. Having lost 185,000 of his fighting men, Sennacherib, who had trash-talked the God of Israel, departed in shame and went back to his home, which happened to be in Nineveh. You may recall Nineveh. Remember, Nineveh was the city where God had called the prophet Jonah to go to and to preach to the Ninevites. That had been about 65 years earlier. When the shame-faced Sennacherib returns back to Nineveh, he goes into the temple to worship his God. And while he's in the temple worshiping his idol, his own sons struck him down dead with a sword. Now, as a result of God's intervention and, and Judah's victory over this powerhouse of Assyria, People from other nations brought gifts to the Lord in Jerusalem, and they also took precious gifts to King Hezekiah. And verse 23 tells us that Hezekiah was exalted in the sight of all the nations from that time onward. So Hezekiah so far has, has just passed test after test after test. And he gets to this point where it seems like things just hardly could be any better, but the tests just kept coming. And one of the tests was this, uh, a sickness that took Hezekiah to the very edge of death. And 2 Kings chapter 20 tells us about that. And there's a sign mentioned here in, in 2 Chronicles 32 that, that was a sign to all the people that even the nations heard about. That sign is not the focus of our sermon here this morning, but if you want to read about it, go back to 2 Kings chapter 20. But up to this point, we've seen Hezekiah face all these tests and he came through those tests, not only surviving, but he was thriving. He, he was still alive. He was still on the throne. Yahweh was back to being worshipped in the temple. Foreign nations were exalting him. They were bringing him gifts. But there are still two more, I believe, important truths in this passage about Hezekiah's testing that, that we don't want to miss. Because all those previous tests that we've seen up to this point involved Hezekiah dealing with other people, with difficult challenges, with hardship, with sickness. So the, the, the first not-so-obvious truth I'd like us to point out is that tests do not always come in the form of invading enemies or grave sickness or even unpleasant circumstances. Sometimes the most dangerous tests that you and I face come wrapped in the form of incredible successes. Successes that you and I are going to be inclined to call blessings. With all the nations exalting him, having come back from the edge of death, being promised 15 more years to live, Hezekiah became a victim of his own blessings. 
verse 25 reveals that Hezekiah did not make return according to the benefits he received because his heart was proud. Therefore, wrath came on him and on Judah and on Jerusalem. Now, in all these earlier tests, the wrath of enemies had been upon Hezekiah and Judah and Jerusalem, but God's favor was upon them. We have a kind of a reversal going on here right now. We have all the nations exalting him. He's got the favor of all the nations, but it's God's wrath that is now turned against him for his prideful heart. He has a much bigger problem on his hands. Which brings us to the second not-so-obvious truth, which is the big idea for the sermon this morning. And that is the test inside our own hearts can be more dangerous than any test from the outside. Okay, let me repeat that for you. The test inside our own hearts can be more dangerous than any test from the outside. Our, our own hearts can prove more dangerous than an invading army, more dangerous than a sickness, more dangerous than our enemies. And since you and I deal with, with hearts and blessings every day, our hearts must be trained to trust the Lord, especially with our blessings. Hezekiah was being exalted among all the nations. He was acquiring great wealth for himself. He, he appeared to be at the top of his games, and yet it says his heart became proud. I came up with my thing about what does pride mean? And this is kind of my personal definition of pride as I, as I was praying through this. For me, pride is when I exalt myself more than I exalt God. Pride is when I want others to exalt me more than I want them to exalt him. And it's ugly. And we see God's response to pride in verse 31. God left him to himself in order to test him and to know all that was in his heart. You see, the, the, the hardest tests we face come when God leaves us to ourselves, when he draw, withdraws his protective hand from us. And he allows us to face the consequences of our pride or our misplaced affections. And then we have no other choice but to see that our greatest problems are not outside people who are attacking us or testing us or circumstances or sicknesses, but rather our biggest challenge is inside of us with our own hearts. And this test came from God to train Hezekiah to trust the Lord. You see, God already knew Hezekiah's proud heart inside and out. God wasn't learning anything about Hezekiah, but, but that same word to know what was in Hezekiah's heart has sometimes the idea of to make known or to reveal. And we remember from a whole series, God uses tests to reveal his truth to us. So our responses to the test that you and I face constantly, day in, day out, they reveal the truth about what is inside of our hearts. Verse 26, though, we see a change here. After Hezekiah realized that he'd failed the test of his heart, he'd become proud, and he had the favor of the nations, but the wrath of God. He wanted to turn that back around. So Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he 
and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord God did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. What we see here is that Hezekiah used the biblical word we talk of is he repented. He, he had a change of the way he thought and he came to agree with God about his situation. He turned from his pride and returned to trusting the Lord rather than trusting himself and the esteem of others. Now, when you and I face a test and we blow it, when, when our hearts are found to be proud or misdirected, the opportunity to repent becomes an incredible tool for testing. Along with other tools we've discussed, like trusting God's previous promises without wavering and remembering God's word and remembering God's faithfulness and obeying God. These are all tools for testing. And when Hezekiah repented, the Lord withdrew his wrath and returned his favor upon him in Judah. See, every one of us, in the fallen world in which we live, we, we have test after test after test. But as followers of Jesus, God wants you and me to see the test differently than people without him. He wants to see our test through the lens of the gospel. Now, my perspective on, on God testing me changes when I no longer see each test as just a pass-fail opportunity but I begin to see that testing is God's training to trust him. And, and I, I begin to see that tests are not to show what a failure and mess up I can be, but the tests that God gives us are training us for how much more like Jesus we can actually become. When, when we see that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to be tempted in the early part of his ministry, right after his baptism, had the Spirit led him to be tempted. He, he didn't lead him into a bar. He didn't take him to a brothel. He didn't take him to any place that you and I might associate with great temptation or sin. But God left Jesus alone in the wilderness where we would see what was really inside of his heart. We see what was in Jesus' heart was the word of God and clinging to the promises on the last night of Jesus' life, he, he was praying with great anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane. Once again, we find Jesus there alone while his disciples couldn't stay awake nearby. Jesus' heart was tested. We see what was inside when he cried out, not my will, but thy will be done. On the cross... The Lord God left Jesus alone, and he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The good news of the gospel tells us that we have a Savior who has been tested beyond what you and I will ever experience. And God the Father spared Hezekiah's life for 15 years, but he did not spare his own son's life. The Lord did not fully protect Jesus from his enemies. But what the Lord did do was he remained faithful to his promise and he raised Jesus from the dead. And that gospel changes how our hearts respond to God's testing, training us to trust him, to become more like Jesus, willing to lay down our lives and trust to God that if he takes our lives, he will also raise us back up.
many of you this morning are facing some very big tests. You don't have an invading army like Hezekiah and our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine are experiencing this morning. But you have an invading cancer or an other sickness that threatens your life just the same. Some of you are being tested big time as you're trying to earn back trust after you've blown it with your untrustworthy behavior. And some of you just look at your bank account, your credit card statement, and the test is big as you see debt accumulating faster than you can pay it down. God's word and the good news of Jesus give us hope to keep trusting the Lord even when we don't see an end in sight. There are others here today who are not having it so rough. You're enjoying comfort and you're enjoying blessing. You're realizing the good life right now. But also please realize that being a victim of your blessings can be more dangerous than being attacked by an enemy army. And if this morning as you consider the condition of your heart and God testing your heart, if you find that you have a fearful heart or a bitter heart or a proud heart, you will not be able to trust God well with a heart in that condition. Will you use the tool of repentance this morning to turn from fear, to turn from bitterness, to turn from unforgiveness, to turn from pride, and to trust Jesus whose heart was tested and found blameless. Will you allow the test to train you to trust Jesus as the king who loves you like no one else? And will you remember that you don't have to remain alone? We are Jesus' family on Jesus' mission and we walk through test together. Thank you for joining us today. Here at the Williamsburg Community Chapel, we are all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we are excited to help you connect to Christ and His community. Have a blessed day.